0: happy new year 2021 you are tuned in to the desert dirt biker podcast this is our first episode for season two episode 33 january 8th 2021 so happy new year how you doing eric happy new year happy new year man doing great happy to be back we missed one week but uh
1: yeah good to be back and yeah first show 21 cool yep
0: for those of that that you have not listened to our show or the ones that you have, I am Corn Dog, my co-host Eric. So we're uh pretty excited to take over and uh hit twenty twenty-one run in full speed. So we don't really have a guest tonight, but we're gonna we're gonna kinda talk a lot about Dakar. It's been a crazy, crazy week. I've been following it like crazy. I know I get up at five in the morning to get ready for work and Seems like this whole last week I've been getting up at 4:30 and checking the results first thing in the morning.
1: Yeah, for sure the Dakar okay. Rally is uh, one of my favorites to watch. I really got into it a couple of years ago, after kind of following some of the Americans that were over there. And uh, 2019, you know, Ricky's almost win where he yeah. broke on stage eight, uh, two stages before the finish, and he was leading the Dakar overall and uh and then you know obviously last year first american to win the dakar rally so anyway it's been exciting i'm i've been watching it following it and uh yeah we're gonna do a little show on that on the dakar and and uh talk about what what the dakar rally is and and why it's so prestigious and all that
0: yeah I, i think i've learned a lot more this year than previous years but uh We'll get into that here in a little bit. So,
1: man, there's definitely a lot to learn. There's there's a lot of rules <laughs> with it, and a lot of uh, you know a lot a lot a, a lot going on, and it's a lot different than what we the type of racing we're used to and what we have
0: here. So, but uh, it's cool. And we may get some things wrong tonight talking about it, or we may be right. We may be way off. Um, hey, educate us. Let us know. Throw us a email or text or Instagram message or something. Anyways, before we get rolling on that, I just want to again thank our sponsors. Throw me a bone. You can find them at theantlerchew.com. Recreation tires. You can find them at rectires.com. Blood lubricants, our newest sponsor. You can find them at bloodlubricants.com, and it's B-L-U-D lubricants. And uh, yeah, anyway.
1: go 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 check out our sponsors, man. These guys have been great to us, and we really appreciate their support. They keep this show rolling and um, you guys will help keep it rolling as well by supporting those who support us so go check them out
0: heck yeah so um, another thing that's pretty exciting Eric decided to kind of ask Ashley to bring her on as kind of our so to say producer I guess so she's been working for about two weeks building us a website Dude, she's
1: killing it um, it was something that we really needed we were 30 something shows in and and uh we really needed somebody to help structure it and keep it rolling so we want to welcome Ashley. Yeah.
0: What do you say Ashley?
1: Hi. Welcome to the show. Hi guys.
0: Cool. She's she sits here every day with us or every podcast with us anyway. She actually feeds us a lot of information as it is, so we might as well make it official. It's part of the show. She's been been here since day 1. So, um She's a fellow racer. I don't know if you guys follow her or know who she is, but uh Rossi Poo. What's your Instagram? Rossi Poo Racer. Rossi Poo Racer. Her Instagram thing. So go go check her out. She's got a lot of followers already, so she's she's, she's a rock popular. star, man. Yeah, she's a rock yeah. star. Look at she's wearing a rock star hoodie too. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so um we're getting ready to want launch our new website. We just got to finish up a couple more things and send them in some money and a payment and so as soon as that is available, we will get that to you guys and post that everywhere. I guess uh let's jump right into Dakar. So uh our buddy Skylar, of course you get if you guys heard our episode a few episodes ago, we went to the Skylar uh, fundraiser ride in St. George he's he only lives what 120 miles away from us
1: yep he's kind of what we consider a local boy with I mean as far as you know St. George is, is really close to us and even though we're in Nevada they're in Utah um, we, we go to a lot of the same races
0: and uh, you know we see him at those races and stuff and He's actually been so. to some Moran races our local races or or he overhauled my my ground shaker race our ground shaker yep. race a few years yep. back, so that was pretty cool uh it's pretty pretty cool to see a kid that that you know for one that we know that is kind of a privateer and over there kicking butt it, it, yeah it's exciting
1: I mean, just to get there, like it's amazing the work that he went through just to get there. I mean, for uh, those of you that don't know Dakar, just the entry fee to Dakar is around 25 to 30,000. And then on top of that, the costs for your pit support and shipping and getting everything over there. And uh, I mean, it it runs anywhere from 50 to 75,000. It's estimated roughly around, you know, 60 to 75,000 per person. To race the Dakar Rally, so yeah. it, the, just the effort to get there is is tremendous. And I believe I read somewhere that about eighty seventy-five to eighty percent of the entrants to Dakar are amateur racers, you know, mm-hmm. privateers, amateur racers, not professional paid racers. So it's pretty pretty phenomenal that he's there and that he's doing so well. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I think this is his third year. Last year, of course, he placed ninth. The year before that he had to pull out I guess he dodged a kid or or something like that I can't re- quite remember but dislocated his shoulder and he, he just couldn't go on so yeah yeah uh, anyway pretty cool uh, hats off to you Skyler go out there and kick butt Keep he's been con- pretty consistent uh, we are on stage we just finished what stage six yep so they have a day off and yeah, they call it a break or rest day. A rest day, and then when they come back, they call they they jump right into what they call a marathon, which is crazy. So so you have every day you race your your distance, and when you get in at night, you have mechanics that work on your bike while you're you're resting, you're you're regrouping or whatever you're doing, eating and and getting a massage or or whatnot. So on this marathon run, you're basically, you run your first day and it's like a disclosed location. When you get there, there is no mechanics, there is no support. You have yourself, You I think you're given 20 minutes to work on your bike and then they impound it and then you all sleep either in a barracks or a tent. And they don't know if if it's that until you get there. And then you get up the next morning and you race again, so basically you're you've got two legs of two racing. two
1: full days of of racing without support, so your first you know your first six days you race all day and then you get to the bivouac, which is like a big camp and and you stay at the bivouac that night, and then the next day you get up and you do the the next day or next stage, and you do that for six days well. In those first six days each day your mechanic can work on the bike and prep it and get it ready but during the marathon day or marathon stage it's two full days without mechanic support so you're really kind of on your own but um to kind of go back a little bit and and give a little bit of a background for the dakar rally the dakar rally is held over like 12 to f- 12 to 13 stages um i think one year that Ricky was racing. I think it was like 10 stages because he, he, the the 2019 when he DNF'd, uh, it was on stage eight and it was two days before or mm. two, two stages before the finish. So that one would have been 10, but I think it's like 10 to 10 to 12, maybe 13 stages per Dakar. And um, each stage is a day of racing through all kinds of, gnarly desert terrain um from rocky rugged trails to to camel grass and dunes to just masses and masses of like a sea of sand just flats, sea of sand um into you know some higher rocky mountain ele- elevation and that kind of thing but um you know, you you try to put it into perspective. The Vegas to Reno is 515 miles-ish. Um, one stage at Dakar could be 515 miles. Mm-hmm. So they're doing that over 12 to 14 days. Um, some stages aren't quite that long, but, you know, imagine soloing. 14 days of the Baja 500 or 14 days of the Vegas Torino or 12 days of, of that type (laughs) of riding solo. I mean, it's, it's going to break you physically. It's going to test you physically. It's going to test you mentally. It's going to test your bike prep. Uh, Everything about it is, is, there's so many things that can go wrong. And I mean, uh, it's
0: just amazing. Yeah. I, I watched an interview with Skyler, and I think it was after stage three, it might've been two, but he, he talked about the monkey butt. He said the monkey butt was already setting in. Monkey butt is real. <laughs> and, and he said, just because you're, you're hauling butt in the sand, it's, it's type of terrain where you can't really stand up. So he said he had to sit down a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, and at he,
1: that pace, you're trying to like hold on to the bike cause you're, I mean, they're running, you know, 100, 160, 70 KM in some sections, which is a little over 100 miles an hour, 100, 105 miles an hour.
0: So I read somewhere on like stage four or five that the faster guys were averaging like 65 to 70 miles an hour. I don't know what that is in kilometers, but averaging that for the entire distance.
1: Yeah, that's insane. I mean, you,
0: like... That's faster Baja than 500,
1: Baja. 500, Baja 1000, you're averaging like 50, 52, 56. Yeah. So th- that's 10 miles an hour faster than what they're averaging in Baja. And, I mean, those guys down there are just flat flying. So, yeah, yeah it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> different different style of racing, like I said, than what we're used to. Um, you want to talk a little bit about navigation
0: and, and how... So I... Yeah. You get a book, and I didn't know. I actually asked Eric, and we researched it, or Eric let me know earlier, but I didn't know you get a a book, your your navigation Yeah, so it's a road
1: book. They call it a road book, and it's marked up with – it's on a scroll, and so it sits at the the head of the bike or in front of the handlebars there, um, and each day they get this road book that's basically – waypoints or navigation points danger speed limits and, and it it syncs with your um your tac what is it not tachometer but your odometer so as you travel a distance at a certain distance point you're going to have you know waypoints or
0: or uh you gotta decide you gotta read the map Direction correctly changes. and they're not exact, so you may come up in a wash and it fingers off four different ways. You basically gotta take the one that is most correct to what your road book says, so like Skyler has actually taken a wrong one, and several of the guys his
1: well they've said that the navigation for this year's race has been really really difficult, so Yeah, I mean, imagine trying to navigate off of off of a roadbook or a scroll, and I mean, they don't have GPS. This is not a GPS. uh, Not allowed. Period. This is not a Google Maps. Turn right. Turn left. Like this is, um, it's a paper, literally a paper map, that certain you know it rolls a certain distance, and then there will be a turn or a, um, you know, or a danger or whatever. Um, and they've got to be able to read that at race speed, and know what's
0: coming. So a lot of the guys' <clears throat> strategy is, if they're starting a little bit farther in the pack, they they get into a zone where they're they're following somebody else's tracks the bad side of that is if you could get so caught up in that zone where you follow those tracks, I wonder if that person has gone the wrong way. And that's happened. Skyler talked about that. Yep. So you always got to be on your toes and, uh,
1: yeah, it really is. There's a lot of strategy that goes into play. I mean, leading is one of the hardest things from, from what these guys are saying is leading is one of the hardest things uh, to do because you're, you're laying the first set of tracks. If you get lost, there's nobody to follow. You you know, And then the guys behind you, if they're actually navigating and not just following your tracks like they, they should be, then they're going to navigate in the right way, and you're going to
0: lose a lot of time. That, and, or, the, or the leader guy, is going at a certain pace because he's reading his maps. And these guys are keying off of him. If you're just, five bikes back, you're not even really... You get in that zone, and you bank on them going the right direction. So you're you're going 20 miles an hour faster because you're just following a track.
1: Yeah, you're able to at least key off of them and then you can glance and double check, but it's a <clears> lot, <throat> lot more confidence-inspiring if you have a set of tracks and you've glanced and it it makes sense, you know, and so you're going to be able to clip through that a lot quicker than the leader. So it's a strategy for sure. Leader leading is, is really tough. And if you watch this Dakar, uh, the 2021 Dakar, you notice for the first four um, stages, the leader, the leaders on one day would fall way back the next day and, and, and the other group of riders would lead and then it would swap positions again, back and forth. And they were kind of yo-yoing back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I think it was on stage three or four when Ricky brabeck said, you know, he made a post and he's like, yeah, I had to kind of, um, had to kind of fix this yo-yo problem. And so he he dropped back a little bit in the standings to regroup uh-huh. with, um, with those guys. And so there's a lot of strategy that comes down to it. And um, there's quite a few changes that took place this year. Uh, you want to talk about the changes that they – the notable changes that they made this year to kind of make things um I guess the the whole idea behind the changes I think was to make it safer. That was their goal, to make it safer and slow the riders down.
0: And it doesn't sound and, like they're slowing down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. So so one of the changes that they made um was the the tires the the organization decided that the motorcycle um, class would only get
0: six tires. And that's only for the so, elite pro riders. The amateur riders, it, they can have as many as they want.
1: Okay. So, yeah, so so they're trying to slow the pros down, so they limit them to six tires. Six, six rear, rear tires. Yeah, six rear tires and wheels. So um, what that means is they've got to use one tire for two stages. And again, one of these stages might be a Vegas Torino. It might be 500 miles on a on a tire, and then you got to use that tire for two days. So, um,
0: for example, the marathon, they don't have a tire to switch. Right. So. so. Yep. So that that
1: definitely was a change. And, um, I, and
0: what's crazy about the six tires is there's a tire and a rim that's paired together with a moose in it, or two. But I'm sure everybody's running a moose. That tire and that rim have to be a pair the entire program. You can take it apart and pull the... Pull the
1: moose out and put a fresh moose. moose, but the tire and rim have to stay the same. And they're
0: marked, so yeah. they're a pair. Those six have to stay with one another. So, And the in, front tires, you can have as many as you want in the front.
1: So in my mind, coming from racing standpoint, um, it's that... that rule change is definitely gonna make it more strategic and and tougher strategically. But knowing these guys and knowing myself, you're not gonna slow down because Mm -mm. of a because of you gotta conserve a tire over two days. These guys are gonna run ninety percent whether they're on a fresh tire or they're on a slicked out used tire. And in my mind that does not make it safer.
0: Yeah. I know they had a big, big, uh, who was it? I think it was, I can't remember who I was listening to, but like after stage two, their tire was still okay, but they were getting ready to go into all sand. So they didn't know if they should change the tire and use fresh tire in the sand, or since they still had a fairly good tire, run that in the sand for a couple of days. So it's all it's all hit and miss. It's all strategy and yeah, yeah. It, it's, I mean, you never know. Or if you get a bad slice in your tire, that tire's gone because you're going to change it because you don't want to take a chance out there. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Um.
1: So another rule change that they implemented was all riders had to wear like an airbag vest, mm. and basically it's like uh similar to a chest protector but upon an accident or a crash it deploys into an airbag kind of like on
0: the steering wheel of your car yeah
1: yeah and so um actually on a couple of the episodes that i was watching they actually showed uh the alpine stars airbag vest that that the riders wear um most Most of the American guys had tested it beforehand they were they were using it in their training and testing just to get used to it. They said it was a little bit a little bit weighted, a little heavy and um Ricky felt like some riders would get fatigued by wearing it if they hadn't been training with it'cause it it had a little bit of weight to it um but I think that one was one that most of the riders could get behind i mean as far as safety goes. Um, a little different, but definitely in a big get off in the rocks or something. That's going to be a huge, huge mm-hmm. benefit, I think. And
0: kind of weird. It is. What What if you're going down the road and you hit a rock? You don't crash, but you you know I've been jarred on my bike. Yeah. Wonder if it. <clears throat> all of a sudden you're racing as a marshmallow man. Well,
1: um, the the clip I was watching on it said it had like some sort of gyroscope in it that that detected. Um, you know a rotation so if you got upside down or at a certain tilt point um, so not necessarily just a jolt hmm. but um, I don't know some so some technology in it some technology in it that at a certain
0: g-force
1: g-force something. and jolt that it would it would trigger off so hey,
0: don't go out there and do any backflips <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah, I could see Travis Pastrana doing that off the sand dunes if he was in, in a Dakar race.
1: It's pretty crazy though the video when it actually popped off, man. It it blows off with some force, and then Ricky was talking about it. He said it takes about three minutes for it to de-inflate. Yeah. I hmm. guess it like kind of self-de-inflates after it, after it goes off. But wow, pretty cool. Um, another change that they made. Was the the road book, and when when they give the riders the road book? So it used to be that they would get the road book the night before, and they could they'd spend they'd come in from their day riding, they'd get some dinner or something, and then they would go sit down and study the road book and mark it up. And um, I think it's an hour now. They give it yeah, like an hour or so ahead of when they actually leave the bivouac on, on that day's stage. So they don't have a whole lot of time to study it. They get a brief little bit to study it, market, it, get it put in their, in their uh, tower and you know, away they go. So what that did though, was it leveled the playing field because over the last several years, what teams were doing there was they would have what's called a map, a map man or a map guy and the map guy would take the scroll the day before and as soon as they handed him out he would take it into their unit and sit down and pull up Google Earth and he would hmm. follow the map or follow the road book and map it out on like Google Earth or some GPS format and they would be able to basically fly the course over Google Earth and see mm-hmm. different different landmarks and um different terrains and they'd be able to really kind of have an idea of what and they were getting still, into the next day which is huge huge it's, undertaking but yeah, it's still a lot I mean, of
0: suck putting that in your head as a racer
1: but the teams that didn't have that that resource, I mean, think of how much advantage oh, the teams yeah, yeah. that had that guy or that resource, how much advantage they had, and so it leveled the playing field. Um, I don't know. I th- I you know I heard a lot of good positive feedback on that change from the riders, just because for simple reason it, it leveled the playing field and everybody gets their road book an hour in advance or so, and they. Um,
0: I they got to rely
1: on their ability to read the road book
0: at speed, at race speed. I know before when they handed the books out for stage 6, there was a big change in it, so they gave them like an extra half hour to to work on their road book. So basically they had to go in and cut cut it, add a new section to it and tape it up and then put that in their scroll. So they were given like an extra half hour so stage 6 I heard started like an hour and a half behind schedule. And one of the reasons was probably more time on the road book. And then I also heard that the, the, the organization, the food mess, the, the kitchens or whatever, the the staff that, that support the racers and the crew, they needed, they needed a little bit extra time because there is still guys Finishing that stage race all night, and the leader guys are leaving the same time they're yeah. coming in.
1: Yeah, especially later in the race. I mean, it it gets <laughs> it's got to be pretty daunting on on some of those yeah slower teams. But
0: so so they basically go out in the middle of the desert and build a city. Oh yeah, your bibwack. And I heard there was three three groups and they leapfrog from bivouac to bivouac they build a city and that one jumps a couple ahead wow so
1: yeah i wondered how they made it from bivouac to bivouac in time to set up again but that makes sense if they had three yeah. three groups they'd be a little bit of so, a and yeah, and this cool.
0: year being such a crazy year or the new year but with covid a lot of the people aren't going to the The community kitchen, or where they eat, a lot of them are having their own people cook inside their own motorhomes.
1: Yeah, I've heard a couple of riders say that the food's not that great. So (laughs) I think I think Kellen Walsh told us that on yeah his podcast.
0: We've had a few um, guests on our program that have raced or been involved with Dakar, uh, Scott Harden, Kellen Walsh, and Chris Blaze. So um, we've heard little stories here and there. Uh, Talking about COVID, so they all had to test prior going over there and they had to be negative. And then as soon as they got there, they had to test again. And then they were quarantined in their room for two days at the motel or at the motel for two days Mm -hmm. until they showed negative and then they were allowed. So a lot of them are over there kind of keeping to their own or their own team because you figure the the cooks or the servers or whatever uh, they're cooking and serving like a thousand people but they still have to go and get food they have they interact with other people so there's a chance that they could become infected or contaminated whatever you want to call it um of course if they wear their masks they are safe right (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway that's a whole different show (laughs) anyway the fuel guy he goes out and gets fuel hey yeah what about fuel
1: yeah what does the food guy do he puts on a tyvek suit and goes out and gets their meals or what right
0: yeah
1: i don't know so fuel
0: um andrew short man what a bummer we felt for him uh yeah poor guy stage two so andrew short after fueling partway through stage two, broke down out in the middle of nowhere, and he said he spent hours trying to get his bike going, hours. And he finally, finally got to the point where he he didn't know what else to do, and he got in a helicopter and came back to the bibwack. And what happened is they found that there was fuel in the fueling station he used. At first they were they were we heard rumors sabotage towards Andrew Short. There was
1: fuel in the fuel station? or fuel... Water.
0: Water in the fuel station. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so it wasn't sabotage per se to a certain individual because it's the organization that supplies the fuel. He was like the third It was, an, in. It was an unlucky yeah. deal, honestly. But if he was playing the lotto, he would have won. Or lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when he pulled in, he was the third one into the fuel station. And there was three pumps, so he picked pump number three and filled up, and, and he got a lot of water. It was water. the lowest
1: point. Yeah. It, it drew from the lowest point, so it it drew the water into his tank. He got almost a half a tank of water. Yeah, so... And water separates from fuel, and bikes don't run on water.
0: There was talk about they were going to cancel that part of the stage for everybody and let him back out there with good fuel but apparently the decision was not to it would have caused a lot of it would have been a lot of work or a lot of protesting going on
1: dude you got to feel bad for this guy like these guys train all year year yeah. for this one race for the D- Dakar rally
0: and I mean I'm sure they're hot I'm sure his whole Yamaha team and support. Yeah, and you got to feel very upset.
1: you got to feel for the guy. I mean on on something that was completely out of his hands, out of his team's hands. Yeah. Uh it's got to be super frustrating. I'd so be, on I'd that note,
0: we've heard that the Dakar organization is going to work they've got to the, now that this has happened. They're going to have to come up with a different protocol. Uh, fuel testing him. or yeah. something. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're just going to have to fix yeah, it. Yeah, you can't
1: do that to a guy. I mean, a guy spends $75,000 and a year training to come to this race. Yeah. And he gets water, That's water their life. and fuel.
0: I, they like, pretty much don't do any other racing, but, yeah. they, I mean, they train yeah. for this. Brutal. Uh, anyways, sorry, Andrew Short. Our hearts go out to you, and can't wait to see you out there next year.
1: Yeah, it's been fun following him and having his um, – his expertise coming from Supercross, ex Supercross rider, Shorty, Shorty, <laughs> phenomenal Supercross rider and Motocross rider, and uh, to see him racing Desert, and and the respect, like I was listening to an interview with him, and the respect that he has for Desert racers because of, you know, what we do, and and uh, he's out there with us, man, r- yeah. ripping. So really cool to to have Shorty in the Desert world.
0: Yeah. So, and then there's Ricky, um, our hometown hero, I guess our home state home country. Yeah. First American ever to win Dakar last year, uh, dominated, uh, I think it was from stage four all the way to the finish. He, he won every stage. So, uh, there was no stopping him so i don't know if he's pulling a different strategy the strategy this year or or what's going on but he's right there in the hunt he's still
1: as much as as fast as things change he's still in it but oh, yeah. he's a little further back than he probably wants to be right now it would be my guess uh where's he sitting right now so after he's...
0: stage 6 the general rankings he is sitting 13th.
1: So going into the rest day, Ricky's sitting 13th. Skyler's sitting 9th. Yep. So, I mean...
0: And Ricky had a big day today. He finished 4th. Yeah. Or last night or however yep. however their time is. Um, yep.
1: So 4th on stage 6, which put him in 13th in the overall. So he, he's, he's still in the hunt. He's, he's all right. He's got some time to to let things come to him. He needs to be patient and and smart, and so, uh, yep. like I said, it's all strategy, man. So who knows what their strategy is? And, and He's got uh, Johnny
0: Campbell and the rest of the Honda team on his side. Yeah, you know they have a plan. Yep. So, um, Skyler, he came in nineteenth for stage six, got a little bit of a penalty. I heard an interview on him with him, and apparently it was a speeding a 5 minute speeding penalty and it was out in the middle of nowhere and apparently when they uh were marking the the course or whatever there were some camel herders or camel farmers or whatever you want to call them out there so when the race started they weren't there no more and there was like four speed limits and he thought he'd passed them in the way his his uh transponder i think you call it or whatever his road book mechanism beeped he thought it was a caution and it was actually a speed limit and anyway when he got back he found out he was penalized 14th It dropped him from 12th to 19th in that stage so dang it that's that's i guess we just got to pay attention to the the road books it's i can't even imagine i can't even hardly watch a trail in front of me when i ride <laughs> and I'm probably nowhere near that fast, let alone the take your, take your, I mean, you got to take your vision and your concentration off the course to look down at your road book doing 60 miles an hour. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. In, un in territory you've never been in.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely a challenge. Definitely an art. Mm. You know, these guys spend now more than ever. They, they train harder now more than ever. Um, you know it how long it took an American to win the dakar um the Dakar rally started in nineteen seventy eight um so it's been going, for, been going on for been going on for forty three years now um it took forty two years for America to win the Dakar now there's been several Americans that have gone over and won a stage at Dakar and had good runs. There's been some podium finishes. Um, but this is, you know, Ricky Brabeck's win last year was the first win for America. And, um, Ricky and those guys have been training hard. I mean, they're doing, you know, road books weekly, monthly, whereas, it used to be they, you know, they'd be lucky to run three road books a year before they went and raced the Dakar. So, I mean, their trainings increased Their Uh, the bikes have changed a lot. Um, they're now running 450 CC bikes. Um, and they're all factory custom one-off bikes that are built specifically for Dakar. These bikes run about three, a little over 300 pounds. Wow. Um, they're carrying anywhere from seven to eight 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 seven to eight, eight and a half gallons of fuel on board. Or more. When they're full. <laughs> um they've got little pockets and and spots for tools and I mean they carry basically everything they need within the confines of that bike to keep weight off the riders. And I mean, again, imagine racing for, you know, three to five hundred miles a day for twelve days—it's just uh, man—it's got to be a complete drain on your body. Those guys are amazing. I'm dead after a sixty-mile r-
0: desert race. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the cramps I'd be getting? Oh uh, yeah.
1: At night you'd hear corn dog <laughs> hopping, through the, hopping through the bivouac <laughs> with cramps. <laughs> uh, he'd have to pack his is uh pickle juice and uh <laughs> pedialite with them, yeah, so,
0: my diet would be pickle juice and pedialite, oh gosh, but... and aspirins
1: anyway, yeah, no that's pretty amazing <clears throat> um, Honda's last win was in nineteen eighty nine um, and then obviously Ricky won in twenty twenty for for Honda factory Honda, but um it took Ricky Brebeck five attempts to win the Dakar he finished his first Dakar in ninth he DNF'd the next three wow and then won his fifth attempt at Dakar so pretty amazing yeah that's cool go Ricky worked hard for that one that's that is awesome
0: um yeah, we, we've we've kind of had, like I said, we've had some Dakar guests on our show, and Skyler, you know, now we know we know Skyler personally, been on a ride with him, and what's kind of cool is we've had Bob and Jason Beam on our show, Jason Beam painted painted Skyler's helmet, so Skyler's over there wearing a helmet that Jason Beam painted. So that, yeah, that's really cool. That's cool.
1: And did you notice on the helmets they paint on their the blood type on they didn't. yeah they like if you look at their Dakar helmets a lot of them have their blood
0: type painted on the helmet oh wow! I thought that was pretty cool that is cool and what's but, cool about Skyler he's a privateer this is all his dude he's his own money that he's raised he sold apology.
1: everything he has yep. to go race Dakar again um I mean dude the commitment from that guy is just amazing
0: and he's oh, yeah. doing good he's beating yeah. he's beating some well-known yeah some people factory yeah supported People that have been doing dudes. this for
1: years right <clears throat> so another little tip another little um highlight ricky's going after his second a uh, second overall win at dakar if he was able to win this there's only been seven riders in the history of Dakar to have won back to back. Wow! So he would add his name to a pretty elite group of dudes who have back to back won
0: Dakar. Wow! That's cool. Well, we hope they they get it. Yeah. It'd be, yeah. It'd be awesome. Any any predictions? Who do you think's gonna overall it at the end of the thing?
1: Um, man, I don't know. It's it, it, it comes down to consistency, and it's still anyone's game. I mean, it's six stages in, and and nobody knows
0: who who's gonna win. But what's uh, we'll have to look at the results? But like the top ten are still within, or the top twenty are still within.
1: Top ten are within fifteen minutes of each other.
0: That's nothing in Dakar.
1: Yeah, Dakar. Yeah. Um. So I mean. you know you got uh right now in the general rankings you got toby price so after this is after stage 6 going into the rest rest day um you've got toby price leading uh kevin benavides in second 2 minutes 16 seconds back jose ignacio 2 minutes 57 seconds back in third and fourth, you've got Yamaha Monster Energy Ross Branch. He's three minutes, 41 seconds back. Um, you've got Xavier Desoltrate. And um, he rides for uh, HT Rally Raid Husqvarna. And he's three minutes, 41 seconds back also. So uh-huh. right on with, with Ross. And then Sam Sunderland, 4 minutes, 23 seconds back in sixth. John Beretta, Ricky's teammate, uh, 6 minutes, 25 seconds back. Um, Sherco factory rider, Lorenzo Santolino. Um, he's in eighth and 13 minutes 46 seconds and then Skyler Howes five uh sorry 15 minutes 12 seconds and he's sitting in ninth and he started the Dakar in ninth and so he's he's been consistent he's been riding really well um notables that have moved up Ross Branch started in 18th and he's sitting in fourth I feel like he's doing really really well um Kevin Benavides, Monster Energy Honda, that's one of Ricky's teammates as well. He started in 47th, and he's sitting in 2nd. Um, anyway, right now, Ricky Brabick is 19 minutes, 56 seconds back, and he's sitting in 13th. So it's anybody's game. Again, we're in Stage 6. Uh, we're on rest day. They're going into a really tough two days after rest day. They're going to go into that. Um. What do they call it? The marathon. The marathon
0: day. Yep. Yeah. So. The marathon two days. <laughs> yep. So. so.
1: After that plays out, we'll see how things pan out. But a lot can happen in a day. A lot of things uh, can can move and shift. So it's anybody's game. Yep.
0: Yep. Crazy to think that I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and won't be able to see no results. They're all right. resting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Another writer we want to talk about real quick Is David Knight I've actually been talking and messaging with him For a couple months or a month And he's actually committed Or said he's going to be a guest On our show in the future We just couldn't make it happen Before the Dakar And this is his first Dakar And uh, He's sitting 31st
1: Right? 36th in the general He's sitting 36th, um, started 101,
0: oh.
1: riding a Husqvarna. So
0: yep. So he's from Great Britain, but uh, we've watched him in, like, uh, what was that race the other day, Ashley, we were watching? With David Knight in it? Erzberg. Um, Erzberg, and he's... he's Awesome in the Ersberg. He's
1: really good in the technical stuff. I watched David Knight battle David Pearson back in the uh Endurocross days and David Knight won a lot of endurocrosses back in the day, that. man. Yep. He was a stud with the technical stuff.
0: I Enduro. forgot about that. I remember watching him at the Orleans. Yep, yep. Cool. So anyways, uh future guests, hopefully we make that happen. Get David Knight on. That'd be awesome. Yep. So um well what else is there to talk about Dakar uh
1: go America man bring it home you know bring us another uh victory I think I think you know the support that like that Ricky has now versus when he first went over five years ago um you know their support and their training has increased exponentially and so um i know there was a big push by by the uh organization that runs Dakar to bring more american interest into the Dakar rally mm. um started back in like 2000 i want to say 12 or 14 um to actually uh, enlisted some people here to try and promote Dakar and get more riders over there. Um,
0: I think that's when Kellen and Chris Blaze and and uh, Scott Harden was in charge of all that. Yeah, 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 and yeah, Jimmy Lewis and, yeah. I know um, when we had Scott Harden on our show a few months back, he talked about it, and he says Dakar is a whole different ball game now than when he back back when he did it. So. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm sure a lot's changed. Yeah.
0: So, but. Well, Dakar 2021. I'm excited. I am really have gotten into it this year more so than in the past. Although I did in the past, but this year I've learned more and and followed a lot closer. So uh, I'm a big fan.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you haven't uh if you haven't been watching it, you can go to YouTube or Red Bull TV um or go to the Dakar official page. They've got videos on there. They got the general standings and stage rankings for each each day.
0: I've been um, posting that link on our post on Instagram and Facebook every day. So Yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah, check out our Instagram or Facebook corn dog updates daily on who's who's doing what and how our Americans are doing over there. So that's pretty cool. And uh yeah, that's about all I got right now for for the Dakar show, but uh appreciate you guys all tuning in and and uh we're going to take a quick break and mm-hmm. then we'll be back
0: for other topics, other, other discussions. Other, yep. All, all right. right. We'll see you in a few. Pay some bills.
1: Hey guys, you got a dog? Go over to ThrowMeABone at TheAntlerChew.com and check out their offering of fresh antler chews. Your dogs will love them. They're all natural and good f- good for your dog's health. Give that pup something to do. Let them chew on an antler and uh, they'll love you. So go over to ThrowMeABone at TheAntlerChew.com Enter the promo code OFFROAD The first five people to order will get a 5% discount and a $10 Rocky Mountain ATV gift card. So hurry
0: quick. Promo won't last. Go check them out. TheAntlerChew.com And now, the tip of the show is brought to you by our good buddy Nate Adams from Recreation Tire. Nate has given us a promo code to pass on to you, our listeners. Go to RecreationTires.com or wrecktires.com, and with every order you receive, a 10% off. It's that simple. Just type in the promo code, Desert Dirt Biker. That's it. Type in Desert Dirt Biker with your order to receive 10% off. Thanks, wrecktires. We'll be back in just a few with tip of the show. Hey guys, let me tell you
1: about blood lubricants. Blood lubricants is a premium racing oil designed for your race machine. Jeff green and the guys have developed a hundred percent synthetic racing oil with amazing oxidation resistance better than other leading oils by up to four times that results in reduced engine temps, smoother clutching, better protection against engine and transmission wear. This stuff's awesome. We ran it in our 2020 best in the desert racing bike. We ran the blood pro elite oil, And uh, this stuff's awesome. It doesn't break down like other oils that I've used. When you drain the oil, it's still thick, has good viscosity, and it's not broke down like water. Go check it out at bloodlubricants.com. They have several different blends. They've got Pro Series, Pro Elite Series, and an ultra-premium blend of Scorpion Blood. They have four-stroke oil, two-stroke oil, side-by-side oil, chain lube, and more. It's 100% made in the USA and 100% works. We won our 2020 Best in the Desert Championship with it. Run this oil in your bike. It was made to win. For a discount code, check them out at bloodlubricants.com. Get 25% using the promo code DIRT.
0: And there you had it. Some words from our great sponsors. Throw Me a Bone, Recreation Tires, and Blood Lubricants. Thanks, guys. As always, you guys check them out and uh, use them codes we threw out there and put in an order. And if you need to hear about that again, uh, I post it with our posts when we post the the podcast. Anyways, a uh, couple things I want to clear up or not clear up but touch base on before we call it a night. Uh, Our buddy Kellen Walsh that was a guest on our show a few months back uh, had a pretty good get off at the Mesquite motocross track uh, beginning of the year this beginning of this week and uh, was pretty messed up. Uh, what What was his injury? Yeah he
1: had a yeah Kellen had a big get off he um had a punctured lung and several broken ribs broken scapula broken collarbone so he yeah, he had some... a big he had a big get off and uh was in the icu there for a bit i talked to him yesterday he's got his chest tubes out and he's doing much better with breathing and all that he was mm. he was in pretty bad shape so uh anyway our heart goes out to you kellen and your family yeah. um, Here's to a quick recovery
0: and uh hope you get back on it soon. If there's anything we could do to help you, let us know. Heck yeah. Uh he's got a whole chest full of hardware now. I've seen those x rays. I was Yeah, crazy. they did a
1: bunch of some surgery and did a bunch of plates and I think you had like seven or eight broken ribs. So you can imagine how the grating and grinding every time you try to breathe, so that, would <laughs> be pretty rough. So uh, he's got he's got a uphill battle, but he's a tough dude, he'll he'll God, work
0: it I out. I can't even imagine. I had two cracked ribs and that was I thought I was going to die. I can't imagine having your pretty much your whole rib cage almost removed from you. Yeah, your ribs are bad, man. Ribs hurt so bad. Anyways, like Not Eric fun. said, our love goes out to you, Kellen. Uh let's see what else we want to talk about. Oh, our Supercross fantasy. Uh, we we always do this kind of for fun before podcast days and anyway uh, this Sunday you'll be able to go to the Rocky Mountain fantasy page and sign up it's free to play big winnings through Rocky Mountain anyways there's a, a way you can create a person can create a group and if you sign if you join this group it's kind of a contest within a contest so we're gonna have a contest within a contest within a contest we are gonna create a group for the desert dirtbiker podcast and we will post it and talk about it in the weeks to come but you can join us play we will post the group name and the group password and join the group and we're gonna put some kinda of package together uh, get with our sponsors uh, just put stuff together um working on There'll that. there will be a
1: pretty cool prize pack at the end of the yep at the end of the fantasy season so join our group come uh run your luck at, at getting an additional prize pack through us and then also some uh trash talking
0: yeah so, or who knows you might even win a big prize with rocky mountain i think they're giving away a, a husky this year i think it was a ktm 250 ktm yeah okay yeah same thing. Last
1: year they gave away I think two bikes. This year I think there's one bike, but um is there two bikes this year? Yeah. Ashley says yeah. there's two, yeah, so There's one there, I think it's a 250F and
0: then a 250T
1: show. Anyway, they're giving away bikes. They're giving <laughs> away <laughs> prizes. They're giving All away cool stuff. stuff. Yep. It's so, fun. Uh Man, I had a good year last year. I was in the top 50. Yeah, you were it was kicking. was crazy.
0: It. But. cool. Anyway, so this Sunday January 10th uh, is when the Rocky Mountain Fantasy opens. Get in there, sign up, and then we'll be posting our group info.
1: Yeah, stay tuned for that on our social.
0: Who's going to be the podcast legend? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, what else we have? What about
1: the new AMA helmet rule? <laughs> I'm going to just open this can right now. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the helmet rule, Corn Dog? So for our listeners, if you haven't heard... The AMA came out with a new rule for 2021. Um, no modifications. No alterations, no modifications to your helmet, period.
0: And what they're calling modifications as far as we think or as far, as, far, as, far as
1: the research we could tell, right?
0: Yeah, is the Mohawks that the kids are wearing or whatever, they just glue on or whatever. The GoPros or cameras, the mounting of them, and also lights for night racing, I guess.
1: Yeah, and we're talking anywhere on the helmet, top, sides, uh, chin bars, anything. so. So
0: apparently their reasoning is because of head and neck injuries with the added... With catching trees, falling on them, whatever. I get their point, but... Come on guys. We're on dirt bikes. Every time we put our leg over that seat and go ride, go race, there's a whole list of things that could be life-ending, seriously.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to be honest. I mean, in these in these times, we are so overregulated and every agency thinks they need to come out with new regulation to tell us what's best for us I'm just gonna say I don't need somebody to tell me what's best for me um, I know it's dangerous I know racing dirt bikes is dangerous I know that when I go race at night race and I strap a helmet light on my helmet that there's a potential that that helmet light could get knocked off or maybe even catch and twist in a different direction that being said I would far rather have a helmet light on my helmet than rely only on a bike light that potentially could die or fail. I can't tell you how many times in my night race series that we've had bike light issues or down in Baja that we've had bike light issues and the light on the, light on the bike goes out and we're riding solely on our helmet lights and we run two of the task racing helmet lights. They're great lights. I've knocked a few of them off. I have never had an issue. I've knocked cameras off and never had an issue. They're stuck on with a 3M sticky <laughs> to the top of your helmet or, or side or of your helmet. Or a strip of Velcro. Or a strip of Velcro. And the light or the camera usually pops off. Not a big deal. But the last thing I need is some regulating organization that thinks they need to tell me what's best for me as far as safety goes. There, I
0: there's mean, a it,
1: there's a, there's a, there's a, I mean, you can draw a line. I mean, they've already, you know, we, we already wear helmets. We already wear as much protective gear as we can. Some people wear neck braces. Some people don't. Some people say those are more dangerous than good. I mean, you can go at this a hundred different directions, but you know what? At the end of the day, why don't we allow people to use their own judgment and common sense and determine what's best for them. I'm just sick and tired of the overregulation. I am not happy with the AMA's decision to come out with this regulation. And I think, honestly, my opinion is I think they should stick to fighting for our rights to be able to ride. I think they ought to fight for legislation that continues to keep manufacturing of motorcycles uh, effective and cost-effective and efficient. Um, There's a lot of things that they can, can work on to help our sport, but let's leave some of the safety things up to judgment of those who race and ride. It's dangerous. It's a dangerous sport. We know it. We love it we take it on knowing that. I mean, I race in Baja, I race I've raced all over the place and done some races that are extremely dangerous, but I know that going into it and it's on me 100% to be as safe as I can and it's a risk we take. It's a risk I yeah, it's a risk we decide to take. And you know, that's seemed, my two
0: cents. It seems like they made the decision without even confronting the hundreds and thousands of Members in the AMA world, I was never asked my opinion. Were you?
1: No, absolutely not. So, and I don't think they care. I mean, it's just it,
0: there was paralyzations and neck and brain injuries way before the GoPro, way before the helmet light, way before the little fancy little Mohawk the kids wear. Exactly. Um, and when it first, I'd came be curious
1: out, to, I'd be curious to know if the number of injuries has increased. Due to and proven due to helmet lights or cameras, or if the number of injury, head injuries, or deaths as a whole has increased or decreased, just in general. Mm -hmm. I mean,
0: it, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, mm, we're probably going to get some hate mail over this, but
1: the overreach,
0: I just, I just can't do it. Yeah. Um you know when it first came and out it said no modification to the helmet. Well, painting is a modification to a point. Um the the water system that that the the water system goes through your helmet. Water system radio, radio communication, yeah. Uh your visor
1: choice. I mean my helmet when PCI did my my push to talk helmet kit they drilled through the side of the helmet to mount the you know the speaker and and the microphone and everything inside the helmet it was clean it was done professionally um at no point did i feel like it it altered the integrity of the helmet um if anything else the communication portion having that radio down in mexico was more safe than having not drilled that helmet and done it. Right. I mean, just, it, you know, and, and there's other options. There's, you know, Rugged makes one that clamps on rather than drilling through. But now you have a clamped on thing on there. I mean, so should I not run communications down in Baja because it's dangerous to attach something to my helmet? It should be a decision of the rider. And, and I, if you are on the other side of the fence and you believe that that you shouldn't run helmet lights or uh, cameras or whatever it may be on your helmet. I respect that. I respect. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent respect that. Don't run it on your helmet. I I respect you in turn, respect me, someone who wants to wear those helmet lights when I'm racing night races, because it's safer for me to wear that than it is for me not to. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just, I don't think there was a lot of, uh, thought from that side of the fence, you know, we we really need to respect each other's views in this world. And, and uh, a lot of times people feel the need to, if they feel it's best for them, it must be best for you, you right, know, and right. we just need to respect each other. I respect you if you don't wear one, but, uh, you know, as for me, I'm going to wear my helmet lights or my GoPro, um, or my communication because it's it's safer for me to do so.
0: And if the organization that's AMA um, penalizes you or DQs you, they're going to lose numbers, plain and simple. Well,
1: my my standpoint on it, if just me, again, I respect your opinion or whoever's opinion, but, um, you know, our local series Moran, I am 100% in favor of pulling out of the AMA um, and just having our local sanction. I mean, it's... It, you know, I race now. I race best in the desert and score. Neither of them are an AMA sanction body, so at those races, I'll continue to wear my stuff as I have. But um, that may de- deter me from racing future AMA races. Uh, I just don't think it's right yep, for that. I don't. I just. I don't think it's not that I don't think it's right. I don't think it's their place.
0: To make that call, and our heart goes out to the, the the families that have been affected for that situation. But there's been families affected by other parts of the motorcycle, other parts of our armor, uh, neck braces, uh, foot chest pegs. protectors, foot pegs, and I've seen stabilizers,
1: it. steering stabilizers. I mean, there's there's so much out there that can kill you. I mean, let's oh. be real. Let's let's be real. If it, you know. And if, again, if you're a staunch AMA supporter out there and all that, I respect you. I respect this. There are some good things that the AMA does,
0: and I think they need to stick to those those topics. I'm going to outlaw a spoon and a fork because they make me fat. (laughs) I tell you what, you can regulate a lot of things, but
1: you can't regulate intelligence. (laughs) <laughs> you can't make people smart. You can't you can't uh you can't out regulate stupidity. Okay. You gotta be smart about things. Um you gotta weigh the consequences. But at the end of the day, we all gotta make a decision. Yep. You know, and, and if 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 that really is the defining factor for you, maybe maybe dirt bikes isn't Yeah. I, I just don't know. I don't know.
0: People anyway are getting, people are getting out to live and you're putting rules and regulations on it even more
1: show rant for the night sorry for opening <laughs> that can of worms if you have an opinion on it feel free to comment uh on our facebook or instagram um
0: prove us wrong <laughs> <laughs> i guess i, don't I have...
1: respect you i i respect you and i respect your opinion and uh i'd be happy to hear your side of the story and, it's a and, choice yeah it, i mean it, it's... at the end of the day we all have a choice and and what's best for you may not be best for me and and uh, we can agree to disagree and respect each other and at the end of the day i'm gonna go ride
0: so yeah, yep. all right well while we're at it why don't we just jump into doing my race date segment perfect so i hope i have them all it's a new year 2021 Uh, January 9th through the 10th, District 37, World Championship Heron Hound by the Checkers MC. I know uh, our buddy Gary was wanting us to go down there. He's been messaging me like once, twice a week. And Sorry, guys, but uh, Ashley and I just couldn't make it down there. We just got other things going on. Anyway, it's the 71st year anniversary Char. it's at charlie's place wagon wheel ohv at red mountain and also with that is an eight thousand dollar pro purse wow so i believe that yeah district 37 go check them out uh let's see going back to the southeast january 10th Sorks s-o-r-c-s that is in washington georgia the only reason I've been bringing that up is my little brother's been racing that, and it's a whole different style of racing. But we're still on a—it's a desert course, basically with mud, grass, and trees. Woods course. <laughs> yep. So you go find them at Sorks.net. S-o-r-c-s.net. January 16th, District 38, the 2021 Sandblasts. It's at the Superstation OHV. Area in Imperial, California. And it's brought to you by the OTB Club. Uh, Let's see. January 22nd through the 24th. Works. Lake Havasu, Arizona, which was originally, I believe, in Prim. And they've had to move that over to Lake Havasu because of the COVID restrictions or something like that. Uh, Next, January 23rd through the 24th. National Hare and Hound Association the, will be in Lucerne Valley, California. And they are listing a bunch of new classes, so go check that flyer out in their rule book and stuff. A whole bunch of classes have been added there. Uh, January 23rd, the Moran Crater Flats, brought to you by Gamblers MC. The president of the Gamblers is Joe Amy. He was actually our first guest on our podcast, so go Joe. And it's going to be... Uh, Crater Flats, Nevada, which is just outside of Beatty, Nevada. And speaking of Moran, they also have added a few different classes of vintage, a women's AA pro class, and uh, another old-timer bike, classic or something. Go check them out and find them and get some more information. And last but not least, January 24th, the SRA GP in Glen Helen in San Bernardino, California, I believe it is. It's at the Glen Helen Raceway. So it's their round one. Awesome, awesome facility, awesome race. I love going down there for that. I wish I was going down there for that. Anyways, I think that might be it. If I've missed any, please email me. Let me know <clears throat> Desert at gmail.com. Anyways, that there is your race date segment brought to you by Recreation Tires, RecTires What else we got, cool, Eric? Man. We're just going to keep it rolling. Um, tip of the show? Do we have a tip of the show for the New Year? Well, uh, we kind of kind of got.
1: I dropped the ball on the tip of the show, but I think I'm going to switch it up to product of the show, or um, kind of give you guys a product review or update on some of the products that I use that I really like or have used and maybe don't necessarily like so um, we're gonna try that out for a little bit but uh, one of my favorite pieces of of gear, um, I'm just gonna start at the bottom my boots. I have ran a lot of different boots over the years um, and I know boots can be you know, preference oriented. So what I like may not be what everyone else, uh, you know, necessarily likes it. Everybody has different fit of feet and whatnot, but, um, I've used, I've used, uh, fly boots. I've used Alpine stars. Um, I've used the old, Baric boots that were uh, Ricky Carmichael designed boots back in early 2000s. Um, I've used the CDs. Um, right now my, my preference is the crossfire 2 CD boot. I know they have a new crossfire 3 um, but I really liked I really liked everything about the crossfire 2 so I, I went with that boot again for the new pair of boots that I got, um, not sponsored by these guys. I spend my own money on this. Um, but boots are one of the big things that, that I'm willing to spend money on the right setup for me. So anyway, my preference, CD crossfire twos, good support, good ankle support, good ankle movement, um, easy break in, good protection, good feel on the bike. They tend to run slender, which I have slender feet. So, um, they have an interchangeable bottom sole for like $30. You can change the soles on the boots. Um, so the longevity lasts and, and they've got all kinds of interchangeable parts as well, actually. So, um, again, that's just my product product preference. And there you go coming at you from the antlerchew.com, those guys that throw me a bone, go check them out. That's your product tip. Cool. Don't go without boots. Don't forget your boots.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I'm going to mount my GoPro to the side of my boot.
1: You might have to. You want to race an AMA race? You have to figure something out. Uh, you ought to design that product, and yeah. probably might do pretty good. That I, actually would be kind of cool to mount a GoPro to the side of a boot and see or right up front or something. Yeah. I don't think it'll take long for it to knock off.
0: That's the problem. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, I think we're we're pretty done with our first show of the year. Besides that, you might break an ankle. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. Uh,
1: yeah, shoot. Twenty
0: twenty-one, here we go. Rocking hard.
1: Yeah, so looking forward to racing twenty one. Yeah. We got we got big plans. We've been ordering product from our sponsors and trying to get things, get bikes dialed in, and I'm I'm getting ready to do a full top end rebuild and six gear on my 2019 ktm 450 xcf sweet so um we raced half of the season last year with the sixth gear and what a, what an amazing difference um you know with with the five speed that that bike the ktm 450 it tends to rev out pretty quickly with the fi- with the five speed um and ran at pretty high rpms when you're wrapped out in fifth with the sixth gear it just keeps pulling and pulling and pulling and mm. like uh oh, it anyway so looking forward to that mod uh modification and a fresh top end for
0: 21. very nice very cool sweet well let's uh let's call it a night it's getting late all right it's friday sorry we we've been gone for about two weeks the holidays and other things going on much needed break yep we were now we're getting ready to start our marathon <laughs> anyways uh again, Dakar go let's go Ricky uh the rest of you racers, and whatever racing you guys are doing this weekend wanna uh, send uh be out there and be good, be safe, go for that win again uh Thanks, Ashley, for officially joining the show and the, the website coming up soon. And all the love to Kellen. And I guess uh, that's it. See you at the yeah.
1: races. Yep. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. We'll catch you next week. Check Peace us well. out
0: on our Facebook, KD Eric, or Instagram, the Desert Dirt Biker, or throw us an email, The thedesertdirtbiker at gmail.com. All right, have a good one. See you at the races. (laughs) Later.